0: command of her own a star trek podcast i'm your host caitlin
1: and i'm your host jen this week we're discussing star trek discovery season two episode five saints of imperfection this episode (laughs) dramatic sigh um i'm gonna go through the production info really quick okay uh it was written by kirsten bayer who was a season one staff writer and story editor on the brightest star I believe this is the first one that she gets, like, her own writing credit for. Um, Kirsten Baer is basically the person who got involved in this as one of the main continuity writers. Because she was originally involved with, I think, fan fiction? I think she's written at least one Star Trek Voyager novel. And she was part of the the team that goes through Star Trek canon and has to, like, go through, like, could this make sense? Is this obviously violating things? Right. And so she hasn't written a TV episode, to my knowledge, yet. So this was a first for her. Um, it's directed by David Barrett, who directed the season one episode, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. And it was a longish episode at about 52 minutes. It
0: felt it.
1: Yes, it did. And before we get into the episode, I just want to do a really quick shout out to Mary Wiseman, who just got married. Oh cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was uh, on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, there were some very happy looking wedding photos, so go check it out. She and her husband look so happy and gorgeous, and there's, you know, the Star Trek Discovery cast is there, and yeah, lots of lots of happy photos being shared and such. Oh, yay. So, yeah. Okay, now, Kate, yep. in case our audience does not know, how did you like this episode? I didn't at all. It was bad. Okay. Okay. I have some bones to pick with the episode as well.
0: I would be very disappointed in you if you didn't.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I-, I will try and point out some of the good things.
0: I think I've forgotten all of them. Because I watched uh, Last Friday Mm -hmm. at work and I meant to rewatch, but then I just, I just super didn't want to because it was not good.
1: I think this episode has some individual good moments. It's just put together. They left me scratching my head at certain things and wondering why they made the choices they did. The whole,
0: it felt like a regression. This felt like a season one episode. And while I really enjoyed parts of season one, I think it's not a surprise to anyone to think that, like, it wasn't the best season of Star Trek ever. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. And
0: they'd been, and with the first couple episodes of season two, they very clearly set a different tone and a different we We talked about how some of the episodes felt more like classic Star Trek, but modern mm-hmm. and this one didn't. It felt like a season one episode of Star Trek Discovery, which I think you talked about a lot last season, didn't really feel like Star Trek, yeah, so I guess with with some of the like just the writing, not great, I feel bad for this first time, Kristen. Sorry, we're gonna tear this apart. Yeah. Um, some of the that not being great, mixed with the whole episode feeling like kind of a regression and feeling like it doesn't fit in with the episodes of this season. Like, yeah, I didn't mind the non-Star you feel last season because it fit in the season. Mm-hmm. This one, mm-hmm. I just feel like I, it just felt like a weird add-in.
1: Yeah. Uh. So let's start talking about the Tilly and May. Part of the story i feel like that's where i want to okay get into it yep um so do you remember in like leading up to this how may was like super creepy and yep. they had like the voice effects and the camera effects and even just how she was interacting and missing social cues it was just clearly like yep very jarring yep And I was like, it feels like they're doing this purposeful thing so that there can be, like, this twist at the end. Okay. I don't think this does the twist well.
0: No. No, it didn't. It didn't at all. We needed, like, okay. So here's my biggest problem with the Mae Tilly story. Mm -hmm. At the end, when they try to have, like, an emotional, we're best friends because we've been in each other's head thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Where? That came from fucking nowhere.
1: That was totally unearned, I know. And I mean, I, I like it in theory. Yeah, yeah. And I I like the end scene with, with Tilly and she's crying because, you know, she essentially has made this sacrifice for Stamets and Culber. Yeah. But that felt so unearned. Like, they didn't build that May-Tilly connection throughout the events of this episode that would have been necessary for me to be like... Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I like, wish the whole I think we talked about this in a previous episode also, but I wish May into, like uh that uh May in the non-mushroom world
1: mm-hmm.
0: had gone on a bit longer that we had seen May become a little bit more used to her. That you know that we had you, you know what I mean that they mm. had dragged May seeing her without telling anyone out a couple more episodes and we saw them become more used to each other and adjusted before
1: even be- tilly not finding out that she was a not a real person that yeah. could have not happened for like a part of a you know like it just yeah it needed
0: uh, in order to earn this moment we needed more from them mm-hmm. we needed to see them become friends because i don't think they were friends i think they were grudgingly helping each other
1: And if in this episode they had been working together and they had been like finishing each other's sentences and Burnham could have even had like a moment of looking at them being like, okay, this is creepy. You guys are like, yeah, you know, yeah, then it would have felt so much more natural at the end to have that moment and have, you know, Tilly convince May to do this for them. And then that sacrifice would have been so much better. Yeah. That so, so,
0: yeah, that was disappointing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was kind of obvious what was going to end up happening. Yes, obviously. I felt as well. And do I need to say anything else about it? Um, I mean, I guess the
0: acting was good.
1: Mm-hmm. I did appreciate how when Tilly wakes up in the mycelial network, she is freaked out and she is angry. Yeah. I I do appreciate that there's no, like, sort of holier-than-thou or, like, attitude of being a, you know, super-evolved human. She's like, no, I am so angry at you, and I'm not gonna, like, work through my feelings. I'm just gonna let this be. <laughs> you it's, know? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that was, it was good how she was angry and she said, you kidnapped me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that moment, I thought it was very realistic, and then she was right away like, I'm figuring out how to get out of here. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I liked that part of it.
0: I don't know that I cared for much else at all in this episode, I don't know. I can't think of anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I disliked how May used the spores against Tilly to get the gun at the end. Yeah. And again, if that connection between the two of them had been worked up to being stronger, it may have given Tilly an actual dilemma. Yep. And, yeah.
0: So, Stamets and
1: Michael, I guess? Sure. We can move on to them.
0: Because I I don't really have anything else about Tilly and May other than it could have been good, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. Yeah. Actually, Let's talk, I also want to mention that the reappearance of Tyler was another reason this felt like a regression. Mm. Like, I enjoyed the storyline last season, but mm. it felt like it was over, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now they're bringing it back after literally having a scene where it kind of felt like they just wrapped it up.
1: And it feels like they're trying too hard to get Tyler back on the Discovery. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which in theory I don't mind. I like his his character's kind of interesting and I I personally have nothing against the actor. I know you don't think he acts very well, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't have anything against him. But again, it just feels like they're just trying to rehash old drama.
1: Right. Yes.
0: And yes. I wish they'd I don't know. I wish it if we wanted to have him back, I wish it was coming about in a different way.
1: I would have liked it better if they would have Uh, given some more explanation as to why he was there, like, why they chose him as the liaison. If there would have been, like, a little dialogue for, like, saying he requested as soon as he found out Discovery was involved, or we decided this because he already knows the crew. Like, just, just a little something. Right. And... As a total side note, I will say his Section 31 aesthetic, so much better.
0: Yeah, yeah. He looks great.
1: Yes. Yeah, so much better. Um, I do kind of like that Pike is aware enough to be like, Michael, you're not telling me everything. And you need to tell me.
0: He knows that Ash is both human and Klingon, right?
1: I would assume.
0: He just doesn't know about Giorgio.
1: I think so. But I like that it wasn't just, like, uh, hauling her into a conference room and, like, you know, yeah, ordering her to say, like, stuff. It was like, we're trying to build a trust relationship here, and, you know, you need to be more forthcoming with stuff that's going on here, because clearly there's stuff going on.
0: And I also like that Michael was all, look, I'll tell you, but now's not the time.
1: Yes. Yes, because that's, again, reasonable adult conversations. Yeah. Right?
0: Although so. Pike and Saru still haven't had one of those. Well, no. Just, just keep in count, you know? If if Pike and Saru are ever going to have a captain-first officer relationship on screen. Yeah. I have yeah. my doubts.
1: Maybe next episode. Maybe next season. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, if that means Pike's on next season, I'm here for that. <laughs>
0: that would be pretty great.
1: Yeah. I will say Michael's whole run down to uh, the Spore Drive at the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay,
0: it was just a run.
1: I, it was so dramatic. Yeah, but Tilly was gone. That's dramatic. She's her best friend. Yeah, but she's not getting her back if she runs. <laughs> like, anyway. Jen, I think this is like you
0: being a little vulcan uh, Maybe. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that well, no, in a bad I, way. I, I just mean, mean like
1: some people are emotional when their best friend disappears. <laughs> I don't mind her running down there, but I feel like the way it was filmed was over the top.
0: In the, It was kind of slow-mo-y, right?
1: Yeah. I guess.
0: I In all the things that bothered the fuck out of me in this episode, that was not even a blip.
1: Uh, as it started, I was like, is this another dream sequence? Oh, please no. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like a slow-mo run?
0: I will say of all the episodes the voiceover at the beginning felt the least like in it it felt like it didn't need to be there. There was Oh yeah right, because it was it didn't sound like a log. It didn't no. really give us anything new or different. It it just felt like it was there because they've started the rest of the episodes with a voiceover.
1: Right. I liked the thoughts that Burnham had in the beginning voiceover and then they bookended it with the end, and I didn't like that. Um, but we'll get into that more, I think, sort of at the end, with the bigger picture questions. Um, I saw some criticism online mm-hmm. about Dammet's reaction when Ash walked onto the bridge. What did
0: he do? I don't remember.
1: He just kind of, like, paused. Like, he was clearly kind of... Like, taken aback. hmm I don't... And then kept going, and they were like, oh, why wouldn't he have a bigger reaction? Why, like... I I think Stamets is pretty professional. Well, yeah, and I was thinking, this isn't the first time he's seen Ash. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> he's been in the room with him before after everything that happened with Culber, so... Yeah,
0: th- that didn't really I... bother me.
1: Okay. Now... hmm should we talk about the science of what happened? You mean
0: the made-up bullshit?
1: Yeah, that's the part yeah. right there. Sure. Okay. I will say I think it was cool how they did the discovery sort of ramming into the mycelial network. Yeah,
0: that was, and it was a good bit of special effects too.
1: Yes. Yeah. And even at the end, when the hull started rotating again, when they were jumping out, you could see. Where the hull had been, like, eaten away. Yeah. That was good. Good attention to detail. Um, So that part was okay. The part about them going into the mycelial network. And then, of course, the monster that's destroying it is Dr. Culver. You know,
0: at first when they said they were going to bring him back, I was happy. Because mm-hmm. I like the actor, yeah. and I like the character, and I like their relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But now that I've seen this episode and how poorly they did it, I wish they had just not done it.
1: Did you have a, a moment there when he's going into the spore drive where you thought they were going to kill him off again? A
0: part of me kind of hoped because the science was so stupid. Like everything about this episode was stupid. So a part of me kind of <sighs> hoped, oh, OK, great. We're just going to have a good emotional moment here. And they're actually going to have a good goodbye. You know, like I almost would have preferred that.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I I really didn't like how they basically, like, woo-wooed the science.
0: And it was so clear that they wrote it afterwards. You know, that they had meant to just kill him. And then they were like, oh shit, everybody's angry, so I guess we have to bring him back. Let's write something bad.
1: There is some debate about that, actually. It, no, because I don't... I things don't.
0: that... Mm-mm. It was so poorly written. There, no.
1: Well... Maybe not how he came back, but, like, with things that Wilson Cruz has said in, already in season one. He's like, I've seen what's in store for the two characters, and that's part of why he agreed to do it. So the exact mechanics of them coming back maybe weren't written, and maybe it was just generic story ideas.
0: Nothing anyone says. Sa- uh, nothing anyone says will make me believe they didn't come up with that on the fucking spot and be like, "Good enough." Oh, well, maybe. It was so bad. It was poorly written, and because it was poorly written, it was poorly acted. And
1: I did Google dumb. the uh, the physics principles because I was like, "Well, I'm not a scientist, so this sounds like crazy ass bullshit to me." But I'm not a scientist, right? I have never taken physics. Mm-hmm. But five minutes of Googling was like, no, 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 no. This is not anywhere supported by the law of conservation of energy. Yep. And I feel like
0: there is some physics out there that is pretty woo-woo, you know, that they could have gone with. I I just think that they were determined to have it be something to do with the mycelial network Mm -hmm. instead of, like, there was so much more shit with the jumping and with the alternate... Uh, with the with the the
1: yeah. bad place you know what i would have liked mm-hmm. okay here's what i would have liked mm-hmm. so the spore creatures the josep mm-hmm. have identified stamets as being the captain mm-hmm. because he's the one like flying the ship through okay yeah he's in that weird liminal place in between and they're trying to get him and that's when he encounters culber mm-hmm and they get Culber by accident. Okay, like that would have even made more sense to me if the spores people were like, "Oh, we were trying to like, you know, rip Stammet's consciousness fully into our realm, and end up ended up pulling something else by accident." Okay, I see that. Because one... then it's not like the conservation of energy. That's just like weird alien things did alien things. Yeah, and I could go okay to that. Like how they created a cocoon on the side of the, yeah, uh, you know, the side of the dimensions or whatever. I would have been fine with that. I honestly
0: would have preferred that they just somehow brought back um, t- a mirror universe, Culver. And like he wasn't evil, but then Stamets had this whole emotional journey about it. is this the same dude? Does he have to get to know him again? Like I think that would have been a more interesting character bit.
1: That could have been. Maybe
0: less interesting science fiction Star Wars-wise. Star Wars. Jeez. Star Trek. Um, But I think it would have been more interesting character.
1: They apparently have some character stuff coming up for them because Kalber now has gone through this prolonged trauma and he's also literally in a new body.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, going forward from this... Could be good. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was such tripe. I don't have anything else.
1: I'm wondering if they moved, like, they, if they looked at their timeline and had to rush it because they released this episode on Valentine's Day and they wanted it to be the the space booze reunited. Maybe. I
0: don't know i don't give a shit about valentine's day so that doesn't that just wouldn't even I, be a thing in my head you know
1: i re- yeah i realized it afterwards just because i watched it on the 15th and somebody had a tweet about going and getting all of next year's flowers i think it was matthew um our friend of the show matthew was tweeting about getting next year's valentine's flowers super cheap. And I was like, oh, yeah, yesterday was Valentine's Day. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yesterday they released the Star Trek episode where Culber and Stamets get back together. So I, I kind of hope that maybe they rushed it for Valentine's Day. Although I don't think that excuses the the writing being so poor. And, like, it's great that you have a Star Trek canon advisor, but can you please have, like, a science advisor? <laughs> Make them an executive producer. Everyone else is. Yeah. Agreed. I thought it was cool that he couldn't come back the same way as everybody else. Yeah, that was and that, that was good. And that they did have to make that choice. And, you know, that was an additional reason why May didn't necessarily want to go with that plan.
0: Yeah. Although um, you and I and Matthew talked about this on Twitter... The fact that they gave them this intense timeline Mm -hmm. and then, you know, had things falling apart, had people yelling, hurry up, blah, 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 but then just stopped for like 10 minutes of exposition. Oh my God, that was so bad.
1: I know, especially when you have a scene where they're like, we can buy you three more minutes of time. And then you have a scene that like, I didn't time it, but I'm pretty sure there was more than three minutes of dialogue there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, OK, the whole like any dramatic tension,
0: it, it was just gone because it was mm. like it felt so long. There was so much talking. And I'm like, you know what you could just say? You could say, I don't know how he's here, but he's here. We have to get back. Done and done. Explain it
1: later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have an explanation happen afterwards. Like That's not
0: It's it's, it's not even difficult. And then we wouldn't have the piss-poor science, and we you would not have lost all of your dramatic tension. The episode would be tighter, and I wouldn't hate you for bringing Culber back in the stupidest way possible. Mm-hmm. Hate's a strong word. I don't know these people. You know what I mean.
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did like, as well, that they brought him back without clothing, because it's a nitpicky part, but, you know, when people are... This happens all the time in, like, sci-fi and, like, TV shows. People go through something where, like, something de-materializes, and you're like, and rematerializes, and you're like, okay, but they wouldn't, like, have the clothes do the same thing sometimes, right? So I, I yeah. appreciate that when they reconstructed his body, they didn't reconstruct him with clothing on.
0: I honestly, I didn't even notice his state of clothed or unclothed.
1: Oh, really? I yeah. was also noticing because I was like, wow, so he had to be fully, like, this robed there like as the actor and he had an uh an interview that i read recently obviously because it was about this episode Mm -hmm. where he was like yeah it was um he was talking about how the cast feels like family to him right and how like he basically had to like get fully naked and and sonequa was there and she was just like well i guess we're family now (laughs) and it was just like this like bonding moment and it was it was good. So, I don't know. I went to.
0: I think I brought this up before, but I went to school mm-hmm. for theater and have been around a lot of actors who have zero, like they just don't care, genuinely about about nudity, right? right. And I, I'm sure like that's not every actor ever, because mm-hmm. individual people are individuals. But mm-hmm. it doesn't shock me at all because I've seen some shit.
1: Right. Right.
0: Or like, cause I don't know, sometimes I've had to put mics onto people and they've been like, do you need me to move this? Do you need me to go here? And they just, they don't care. Right. Sometimes gotcha. I think they talk it up for the interviews to make it more scandalous or feel more scandalous than they felt in the moment.
1: Well, but again, I'm,
0: individuals are different.
1: I was going to say, maybe I'm not like, maybe his discomfort is me projecting onto that. And he was more focusing on how the, the joking about with the cast was making it feel like right. A warm family moment.
0: I'm sure he had a sock.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Those details were not included in the interview.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the lack or non-lack of a sock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't get that specific about it. I will say I am looking forward to Culber's storyline going forward. And mm-hmm. Culber and Stamets going forward. It will be interesting to see what they do with him. I am curious to see if they recertify Caldwell for duty right away. And
0: they pull an ash on him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just be like, take this basic psychological test. Okay, you're good. Back to the, the, the med bay. Like, wouldn't they have replaced him on the crew by now? Like, it's just all these kinds of questions, right? Yeah. And also, like, is Stamets going to have different science-y projects that he's working on so that he stays on Discovery? Or I guess he could do further research into the spores and stuff that he has available, but...
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point, because they can't spore anymore, so... I hope they can... And contract-wise, I guess they can't get rid of Anthony Rapp, so they're going to have to make some decisions about what, what what he's up to. Yeah, yeah. Him and Reno should join forces for... A fun adventure. Uh, <sighs> that's my dream. They get their own spinoff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was funny. Reading the fan reactions on the unofficial Discovery fan page on Facebook, a whole bunch of people loved it. And they were like, my only criticism is that there was no Reno.
0: For this episode? Yeah, I know. What? That's their only... <laughs> this shit was falling <laughs> apart and they stopped to chat for 10 10- Fucking minutes. Yep. Oh, yep. I get that people have different tastes, but that is just illogical.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Reno, I think, will just continue to be like a special guest star for a while.
0: Bullshit. Anyway. Series regular. Series regular. I love her so much.
1: I would love that.
0: There's there's a possibility that she is going to replace Tilly as my favorite, and I feel I feel conflicted. And, like, I'm betraying Tilly and all of us awkward folk. But, God, she's just so great.
1: She is. It'll be interesting with other changes to the crew as well, because I think that Arium on the bridge, I think that she is specific to the spore drive as well.
0: I have no idea who that is.
1: That's the woman who is cybernetic. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, um... <sighs> All the names are just fleeing my head. Not Owo. But the other woman sits at the front. She, like, runs the helm. Yeah. The warp drive. Yeah, I know like what you mean. Yeah, and I think that Arium was just the, sp- the spore drive navigator. Ah. So I wonder if they're going to explain that, or if she's just going to be, like, sitting there for the rest of the season. <laughs> playing solitaire, or whatever they have on their consoles.
0: She and Kalbur can play chess. Oh, there we go. Chess is a staple of sci-fi and fantasy so somebody's got to sometime right
1: it will be interesting to see if they do some 3d chess on discovery for sure okay there's kind of one final plot line to discuss and then some big picture message things i want to discuss so okay the final plot line is the section 31 stuff right because I will say that the Giorgio episode, like not the Giorgio episodes, the Giorgio scenes mm-hmm. were, I think, good scenes. Yes. Uh, I,
0: I well, yes, I love everything Giorgio. Wait, I'm yes. confused. Is this the episode where they picked up the shuttle with her in it? Yes. Okay. I was putting that in last episode. I don't know why. Anyways, um, I thought because the- it doesn't
1: seem like that good scene could yeah. go in this bad episode. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Why-
0: yeah. so yeah everything with her and her interactions with pike and michael were great and how i really loved that moment where michael kept her phaser phaser up mm-hmm. and you know they had this moment like i, I that was just really good mm-hmm.
1: and the standoff with her is she's about to leave when they're in the hallways and and Giorgio drops that apple yeah and uh I really want to know if the whole apples part was scripted or if that was just Michelle Yeoh being like this is my character she's going to walk over and pick up an apple and this is what she's going to do with it. Yeah.
0: That that I've never seen somebody eat an apple so very antagonistically. <laughs> it was really good.
1: The recap comic I mentioned last week which is super anemic. This was one of the things that they uh, called out as well, is how she's managing to eat an apple in both a threatening and seductive way all at the same time. Yes. And I was like, yes. Yes, she is, isn't she? Um. So yeah, that scene where she's just like in the background of the ready room, and Leland's talking to Pike, and they're having their little pissing contest about who's in charge, and yeah, all of that was good.
0: And I did like the return of Admiral Lady.
1: I... I like the return of Admiral Lady, but it also confused me. I was like, how long has she been on that ship for? Wouldn't she have a say about the ship helping the Discovery? Like, why I Why she is just, she on the ship? I thought uh, she just beamed into chat. You thought she beamed into chat? Yeah. Well, where was she? Does it matter? I don't... Well, yeah, if they're in the middle of space and nothing's around. Are they? I don't know. It confused me. Like,
0: I'm not saying it made sense. I'm just glad they haven't, like, dropped her this season.
1: Well, that completely. is
0: true.
1: And the one conspiracy theory that I read was that it wasn't actually the Admiral, but it was George Joe in disguise.
0: Oh, shit. I like that, too.
1: So, um, in general, how did you like the Section 31 stuff and Leland and what they were getting involved in or not getting involved in how do you buy their involvement in the spock storyline
0: i think we have too many people searching for spock right you know cuz there's discovery there's section 31 and there's amanda
1: right and i i get
0: i feel like they were just trying to remind people that spock is still a thing in this episode that really had nothing to do with spock and i don't remember is the is the section 31 ship sticking around or is just ash sticking around
1: I think just Ash is sticking around.
0: So then I really, think, there was no point to it.
1: I think they wanted something to get Ash back to the Discovery. hmm And so I think that's part of why the Section 31 thing is there. I mean, there's been hints of it since the beginning. Yeah. But the other thing that's pissing me and a lot of other fans off is that in the later series, Section 31 is like an ultra-secretive organization. And here it's just like, oh yeah, you're part of Section 31, okay. One of the people on a discussion thread did bring up that maybe some of the events that we see in Discovery are going to be the events that force Section 31 to pretend disband and go, like, deep, undercover, dark.
0: That's that's a good point. I was thinking more like section 31 is revealing themselves openly to the crew of discovery, and we have some hints that the crew of discovery might not be sticking around in this timeline.
1: That's another good point. So yeah. th- there is a lot about
0: discovery as a ship that isn't, I don't think widely known also. Like I don't think there's as covert as section 31, but mm-hmm. I don't think you know, the regular old Starfleet ships out there know about the spore drive. You know, and know about all the weird research that was going on during the war and know that, you know, their former or that their former captain was an evil Terran mirror universe dude. And Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: now they've brought back this other evil mirror universe. You know, there's a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of secretive shit going on with Discovery. So I can understand where maybe Discovery is a little covert, too. Right. So one covert to the other. I, You know, I can see it.
1: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I will say as well, I like Leland, and if he is going as part of the Section Thirty One spinoff, I would enjoy that. Okay, I'm good with that.
0: I didn't particularly enjoy him. He just felt like another white guy wanting attention or leadership or what. Like I don't know. He just he didn't seem new or fresh or anything. Mm. Felt like I'd seen him a thousand times.
1: Okay. Is there anything else to discuss with the Section Thirty One? Stuff. I, I hope that with bringing Ash back on the ship, I hope... I think we have to see them a couple more times. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like, now that I know
0: mm-hmm. that they've brought Ash back onto the ship and that that's going to be a thing, I can resign myself to that. And I hope that they write a good story with them. With him, like, getting back in with the crew and that sort of thing. Uh, like, okay. I hope they focus more on him trying to fit in again, not... Rekindling the romance.
1: Yeah, I would not be enjoying a rekindled romance.
0: I guess I could if they did it right, but I don't see how they're going to do it, especially since I feel like this season, relationship-wise, with Michael, we're focusing on her relationship with her brother, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it would be good to have everything come back in. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just much more interested in how things play out with Spock than I am with how things play out with Ash. I guess is what I'm saying. in accordance with Michael. I am interested to see how Ash fits in with the crew again, and, you know, he's got all this fancy uh, Section 31 gadgetry and clearance Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, especially with Culber back, that could be interesting. So I think there are some interesting things they can do with him, and I hope they do it well.
1: Yes. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Mm -hmm. The last thing I kind of want to talk about... Is sort of the overall tone of this episode was like there seemed to be going towards this idea of faith. Yes. And how did you feel about that?
0: I felt like it fit with the season. I was honestly fine with it.
1: Okay. I just have an issue with it because it feels like they are leaning more towards it and not as much toward science. Which is what Star Trek has done more of. I, I mean, their hmm. their godlike beings have been aliens, not gods.
0: Right. No, I I hear what you're saying. I'm okay with them having episodes that are like you have to have faith and blah 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 blah, as long mm-hmm. as they also have episodes where they are all science. Which I think they have this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do hope they have one that's a little bit more blatantly science-y, like this one was blatantly let's have faith.
1: Right. I think part of it, too, for me, is specifically with this episode. And we'll have to see how the whole season plays out with yeah. the Red Angels. Because right now, we don't know where that's going to go or how it's going to resolve. And with this episode, I think it was just bad writing. Yeah. That's that's um, a
0: thing to keep in mind. This episode was mostly poorly written.
1: Yeah. Cuz like I I actually wrote out a lot of the um voiceover from the beginning and the end. And at the end they even do this invocation of writers. Not not over, like um they talk about the the greater hand writing our story who chooses the words to keep chaos at bay. Right. And While that could imply, you know, faith in a, you know, being who's got a plan type of thing, it also is a reference to the fact that the story is being written by writers. Yeah. And it's like, please have faith in us, which is a hallmark of a writer who doesn't have the confidence in their writing and needs to put things in it so that the reader or audience is like oh okay you know like it just really rubbed me the wrong way yeah it
0: i i don't remember rubbing me the wrong way at all i'm i've read or watched i've never both um a lot Mm -hmm. of sci-fi that is also very faith and fate and blah 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 so it just i honestly i don't even really notice it
1: okay yeah
0: uh, although, again, I would appreciate some science bait, some, some episodes that are on the science side of the debate, or some yes. more debatey episodes.
1: Yes. Well, we'll see what we get in the future. Was there anything else you wanted to point out about the episode?
0: Uh, no. I hope next week's is better.
1: I hope so, too. I have a few Easter eggs. Okay. To share. Oh, and just a few, like, really teeny tiny things. Like, I love that they're calling Owosukun Owo. Mm-hmm. Like I love that nickname. I like that they actually specifically stated that Commander Non from the Enterprise is the new security chief.
0: Right, yeah.
1: It was nice to make that sort of formalized. Yeah. And then for the Easter eggs, uh two main things. And one tiny thing. Uh Commander Non is wearing like a skirt uniform. Mm-hmm. In in part of the episode so reminiscent of like that crossover between uh, the original series uniform and the uniforms we have here. Right. Second one is that Ash uses his Section 31 badge to communicate. I picked up on that. Yeah, well done. I felt very proud of myself. That's the style of communicator, of course, that we see in The Next Generation and onward. And then the last one was from when the Admiral was there discussing it, and she says that, you know... They took these sensor readings of the signals, and they found tachyon radiation. Right. And that is something that does come up and could mean either time travel or cloaking devices. Can you guess which one I'm rooting for?
0: Well, I know which one you're rooting for, but I also know which one I feel (laughs) the season is leaning towards, and I'm afraid that those are
1: kind of going in two opposite directions there, Jen. Could very well be. We will see how this plays out. Or, as the Admiral said, maybe it's something completely different. Who knows? Who knows? That's right. If any of our listeners have some thoughts and want to weigh in on this, please send us an email at own at gmail.com, or you can just uh, use Twitter if you prefer. You can tweet at us at commandofherown.
0: Shall we? Recommendations.
1: Oh, sure.
0: Or did you have anything
1: else? No, I didn't have anything else.
0: All right. Do you have anything to recommend, Jen?
1: I hadn't thought about it this week.
0: Do you want me to go first?
1: Yeah, if you want to go first, go for it.
0: Okay, so this week, I am... Oh, I have two things. So I guess one of the reasons that I was so disappointed in the writing in this episode is that I watched it directly after finishing season one of Killing Eve. Which is so good and is so well written and I was having like a physical emotional reaction to at work. And One, uh, of, my, one of my coworkers thought I was insane. Anyway, so that that's my recommendation this week. Killing Eve. 100- so good.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I kept talking over you. A hundred percent agree. Yes, Killing Eve is so, so good. I love that show. It's very, very and good. this The second season is coming up in... April. April, yes.
0: Which is why I decided to watch it now, not realizing that the season ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. So actually, I recommend everybody out there just wait until season two is out, because (laughs) I
1: was...
0: (laughs) Nobody warned me about that, so I am warning you. It does not have a conclusive ending, so just wait until season two is out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um... I can recommend something that's somewhat related to that. I am watching a show right now that is starring one of the stars of Killing Eve, Jodie... Comer? Comer? Is that how you say her name? Okay.
0: I think. It is now. That's yeah. how we say it.
1: That's right. Uh, I'm watching The White Princess, which is starring Jodie Comer, and it is a sequel to The White Queen. It, you might find it on the Stars Network if you're in the States. It's on Crave TV in Canada. And it is the dramatization of the Philippa Gregory novels around the Tudor War of the Roses, told from the viewpoint of the women, basically. Cool. Kate, did I detect a sigh?
0: No, it's just not my type of thing. Okay. So I just don't have anything to say.
1: Okay. So yeah, it's historical fiction. So if you enjoy that, I recommend checking out the shows. Of course, it's historical fiction. So just make sure you're aware that this is not perhaps entirely historically accurate.
0: See, I'd really enjoy it if it was less historically accurate. Like, I don't know if it's going to be medievally, I prefer fantasy. If I want proper historical fiction, I'm a World War II only person. I don't oh. know why. It's, it's a weird thing. <laughs>
1: It is. They are playing up the witchcraft elements in the story. So there is that little bit of fantasy element, I guess. Eh. Since I don't personally believe that, you know, Richard III was defeated in battle because he was cursed. Sure. But
0: none of this is interesting to me. Okay. But if anybody else, I'm sure it's good. Jody, insert last name, is fabulous. Yeah. So. She's.
1: She's only in The White Princess. She's not in The White Queen. They've recast everyone for the sequel. But she's fabulous. The costuming and the set details are fabulous. And if you're into that sort of historical fiction stuff, check it out.
0: All righty. I think that's it for the week.
1: I think that is. So we would like to take a moment to thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to share, you can contact us at acommandofherown@gmail.com at gmail.com or commandofherown on Twitter. And you can follow us on Instagram where we are at instagram.com slash acommandofherown. And we will look forward to joining you next week when we talk about Season 2, Episode 6, The Sounds of Thunder.
0: Oh, that sounds intense.
1: Do you have any Thoughts about what it's going to be?
0: None. None whatsoever. Okay. I hope they stop teasing us about Spock and either give us Spock or like come to some sort of a you know, we're not I'm, getting Spock for a while thing.
1: I'm pretty sure that it's uh, going back to the Kelpians and seeing the Ba'ul.
0: Oh, okay. That'll be cool. So, yeah. Alright. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Okay. Bye.